We have been greatly enjoying our time in our sci-fi campaign, A Fistful of Greed, and will be returning to the adventures of Quinn O'Connell, Ramil Six, and possibly others. But in the meantime, we wish to return to our roots in tabletop role-playing, to tales of magic and mystery, adventure and wonder, to fantasy. So, we here at Vitamin Dice would like to present to you our very first heavily house-ruled 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons campaign, set in an original world space created by our very own dungeon master, Valandil Mann. In a world known as Varegal, on a continent known as Grokvale, several fascinating individuals are gathering to make history. Without further ado, let us meet our newest protagonists as they venture forth to discover a new world! Welcome back to Vitamin Dice, naturally your favorite podcast. I am your game master, Volandal Man, and this time I am joined by... Hi, I'm Caden Wise. I'm Josh. I'm Connor Mann. And introducing our newest member of the podcast is... Hello, I'm Frankie. Yay! <laughs> Some new voices. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so, that uh... was so much better than the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's start the let's start the campaign. <laughs> uh, uh, what what first time? Right. There, there was, was no, no first time. That, we do everything perfectly the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. No mistakes. Nothing. We are on the ball. So this is not a fistful of greed. This is, in fact, our first Dungeons and Dragons campaign, one that we're calling New World. New World. Da, 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 da. It's going to be Christopher Columbus ass shit, but with magic. Oh, yeah. Drop mic. Drops the mic. But we should actually... let, let it be known that uh, we do house rule. D D 5e so oh yeah we have so be... many house rules for D. we have so, so many house rules so um, if you're listening and you're like that's not how D works oh yeah right. <laughs> D players will be confused listening to this and yeah they just have to go along with it for the most part there's a lot <laughs> that we've kept from D 5e but there's well, just yeah. certain mechanics that we change you'll easily recognize it as 5e yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, we wanted to do things differently. Like, for instance, there's no dedicated move action on a turn. Instead, there are two actions and a bonus action. Yeah, yeah just as you, an example. If you want my house rules, uh, follow my Reddit, uh, King of Arnold 1. <laughs> Good plug. Shameless Good plug. Good plug. Yeah, a little, Excellent. A little plug. plug in there. All right, well, so let's get into these introduction scenes. Who should we start with? Uh, so the first one is going to be Aelig Stoneseeker. All right, so we open up on a hunting lodge. Uh, Josh, what does Aelig's hunting lodge look like? So it's a stony uh, cabin, if you will, stone cabin built on the shores of a very idyllic mountain lake. It's quite near the home of a uh, now abandoned ancient gold dragon lair, uh, who Aelig got to uh, know briefly for some time before the dragon passed. Wow. Mm. Very wow. cool. So, uh, we zoom in and we cut to a shot of inside the lodge. Uh, what what do we see Aelig currently doing? He is currently fiddling with some trinkets from a recent archaeological dig that he had in, over from uh, Haberol. And he, hmm. he's uh, uh, just about to summon his pet Gibby, if you will, which is his pet Drake. Gibby. Precisely. Gibby, all right. <laughs> Gibby. Hey, I Carly was iconic. So the snap of his fingers. Gibby! Ah, oh, who's a good boy? Ah, oh, there you are, my scaly little friend. Ah, and he's rubbing his cheeks. And he holds up the it's blue me. trinket up to the light. I'm the good boy. <laughs> I am the good boy. <laughs> it is I, 
the good boy. <laughs> it is I, the good boy. He oh my god, I bet that's how a dragon baby actually would talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am the good boy. It is me. Okay, straight into the dumpster. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Fucking nope out of there. Call me a good boy. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Fucking no. <laughs> so, so does Gibby speak out loud or can you communicate like telepathically? I would say probably out loud in Draconic. So, uh, yeah, you know, you, you sort of uh, summon Gibby, who uh, comes up to you and says, I got for you, Karawara. Which is, of course, <laughs> what Gibby says to you every morning affectionately. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you too, my boy. Valandal, you're going to have to memorize that, write that down. You're going to have to say that every time. <laughs> Word uh, for well, word, luckily, syllable for syllable. Yes, uh, and of course, uh, with the power of technology, I can just sort of copy and paste that. <laughs> it's the same diction every single time. Same how, inflation. How does he do it? How does he do it every single time? The same exact way. It's a so, He's a man uh, of dedication and sheer fucking will. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just that good. Uh, so you are, uh, you know, saying hi to your pet Gibby. Uh, when there's a knock on the door of your hunting lodge. That's strange. We don't get many visitors up here. Yeah, he gets out of his uh, small chair, because he is a dwarf, of course. And he uh, strolls over to the door and checks the little peephole. Uh, you see a, uh, a tall uh, elf with a sort of a runner's build. And he's got just... Uh, straight actually he's got an afro he's super black (laughs) 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 okay okay (laughs) but he's he's like rocking it though he looks really good it's just a commentary about the newest lord of the rings trailer i haven't seen the newest lord of the Rings. oh my god really i thought i thought for sure it was a commentary yeah literally that's fucking hilarious why? That's awesome. That's such a cool idea, though. It's so cool it that is, I thought of it. But there's a <laughs> day late and a dollar short, Valandal. <laughs> uh, uh, an elf up here. Interesting. He uh, unlocks the door. What can I do for you? You need a map? Um, quite possibly, actually. Yes, I don't have the best sense of direction usually. There's sort of an address, uh, and it's like sort of in the city. And I, I got this address, and I was like, I don't know where this is. But I uh, I made it here. Uh, this is Aelig Stoneseeker, yes? Correct. Thank the, thank the divines. I have a letter for you. A letter? From who? Lord Calder III, of course. Lord Calder? Uh, interesting. Uh, the current Lord of Haverhill? Yes, I, I I am well aware. He's inviting you to a ceremony of sorts. A ceremony? Let me see I the I think letter. there's a job. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, uh, right here. Uh, he feverishly takes the letter and uh, begins to walk inside and turns back. Would you like something to drink? Uh, I would love something to drink. Come on in. All right. Uh, the elf walks in, uh, notices Gibby, I imagine. Yeah. And stops dead in his tracks. <laughs> he, uh, he, he notices. <laughs> is that a is that is that a dragon? Oh, yes, that, that is a dragon. That, that's me boy Gibby. Love him. Don't worry, he'll pay you no mind. Gibby, we have a visitor. Behave yourself. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Hey. Yes, he can talk to you. All right. Follow me to the kitchen. Did he say something that just sounded like weird sort of hissing stuff? Yeah, it's it, it, it's draconic, my boy. Not many people understand it. Oh, oh, oh all right. Uh, he follows you into wherever you're going. The, the ki- kitchen or something? Yeah, the I kitchen. Yeah. I get him a... I, would you like what? Oh, perhaps a more adult beverage. Well, I'm, if I'm honest, it is a bit chilly out there. You know, something a little strong might uh, heat me up a little bit. <laughs> I know just the trick. 
uh, he begins to scour through his ingredients and makes pretty much apple cider with bourbon in it. Ooh, it, it smells very good. Hey, there you go. He hands the mug to him. Thank you so much uh, for your hospitality. Of course. Uh, at this point, he begins to open up the letter and read it. There is a blue wax uh, seal, the royal sealer, the the royal seal of the uh, kingdom of Haverall. And when you open it, it's a very official request to participate in the ceremony to see off the voyage of Madrigal. And it says that you're offered a position as a naval cartographer and archaeologist for the expedition. Interesting. I didn't know I was that renowned in Haverall, but I'm certainly honored. Interesting. Where, where, uh, where, do you know when this uh, trip takes place? It's not in the letter. Um, it's in a, f- a couple of weeks here. All right, good. Good. I have some time to repair. Uh, when, when's the ceremony you set? I suppose it's on the 18th uh, at about sun high. And what day is it? Uh, it's uh, a couple of weeks before the 17th. <laughs> All right. It's the 4th. All right. All right. I have two weeks. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the letter and the notification. I Will I be seeing you in two weeks? Well, um, quite possibly. I might be off on another uh, assignment, but I tend to spend my time in Lindal, if I can. All right. Well, if not, here's a map to travel various areas uh he hands him some maps so he doesn't get lost oh thank you yes all right and i will see you in two weeks i guess and if not safe travels my friend he takes a big sip from his mug and he says yeah thank you so much it's been an honor i i I, he he starts to blush and like fluster doesn't know what to say (laughs) (laughs) all right uh with that he uh he sets the mug down and he uh walks towards the door. He begins to study right. the maps. Then we'll go on to Bast's scene. Bast, uh, a letter just showed up in the mail at your place of residence. Where does Bast live these days? You know, that's a good question. We could just say that she's staying in a tavern right now. All right. Probably near the docks. Most likely, yeah. All right. So you awake at your dockside tavern, uh, the Iron Nail, and uh, you've received a letter, one with a royal seal, no less. There's been a request for a meeting with Irva. I will open the letter and read it, Um, but because... I don't have an actual letter in front of me. <laughs> Could you tell me what it says? Yeah, it's a, it's a very official-looking letter uh, requesting your presence at a ceremony to kick off the Voyage of Madrigal, and it also is offering you a job to be the personal bodyguard of Captain Madrigal. All right. I will fold the letter back up and then be on my way to meet with Irva. All right. What kind of place do you typically meet with Irva? It's kind of like a big library. A big library. Is it open to the public? Yes, but there are private rooms. I see. So you make your way to, to one of the private rooms. Yeah, it's our usual spot. All right. Uh, so Irva is there waiting for you. Uh, what does Irva look like? Irva is an elf. She's kind of shorter, and she's older for an elf. Mm-hmm. But she's very broad-shouldered yeah. and uh, looks like a soldier. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah. You come in, and Irva says, Ah, best. It's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. So, what news... I hand Irva the letter. 
Also, just a side note, I've never done a character voice before, and we're going to workshop it. <laughs> so yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll okay. get there. Right. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially because she's Arabic. Ah, yeah. I know your pain. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm going to hand Irva the letter um, so that she can read it. Okay, she, she sort of... You see her eyes dart back and forth as she skims over it, and she says, Great, so uh, it worked. Yes, it seems as everything is going to plan. Perfect, perfect. All that's left now is for you to get on that voyage, get to the new world, and it should be there. Hopefully, if all goes well. I will also make plans to meet privately with... um, Captain Magical as well, so that we can make a plan before we set off. Ah, perfect, perfect. Yes, everything is going well so far, but don't let your guard down, Bast. Of course not. All right. Be sure to send regular letters so that the daughters can keep track of you. As you wish. You may be off unless there's anything else you would like to tell me. No, I think that is all. All right. I suppose I'll... See you at the ceremony, then. See you there. All right. And you're off. And we're off, folks. Wow. And we're off. <laughs> and Bast is off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> we cut away from the dock ward of Lindal into the heart of the city. We see a nervous-looking young dwarf, clean-shaven. He uh, holds a letter that says the stranger on it with the address of a tavern but no room number he looks concerned confused upset even but he approaches the bitter and twisted and fixes the letter to the door using a dagger at his belt he then takes a few apprehensive steps back tries to blend in with a crowd but keeps a careful eye on the door He's very curious to see who will grab this letter. What happens, Caden? As the dwarf is watching the letter, he sees a few people walk in front of it. Mm-hmm. As the crowd continues to pass in front of it, one after the other, the letter is still there until a random civilian walks in front of it and the letter is gone. But from the viewpoint, say, a camera, you watch as the letter itself seems to flutter away on its own floating off towards the direction of the rooftops. The knife's still attached to it. We watch as the letter soars to a singular rooftop that looks straight downwards to the tavern. And the knife hovers just in front of a lone figure, dressed in dark clothing. The figure removes the letter from the knife. The knife is still hovering. The figure then raises his hand and begins to gesture with his fingers in a way that if the knife were in his hand it would do flips and twirls and spins which it does but in midair as he just absentmindedly does this he is reading the letter what does the letter say uh well it's a very official looking summons from lord calder the third uh inviting you to attend a ceremony uh in which they will kick off the voyage of madrigal towards this newly discovered world. It also has a job description inviting you to be the personal bodyguard of Captain Magical's first mate. The, uh, the figure, still moving the dagger in midair, moves the dagger so that it hovers just ever so slightly at the tip of his finger, and the dagger just begins to spin like a top, just one after the other, not touching his finger, but still just ever so slightly hovering, He then folds the letter and tucks it into his long black coat and then flips the knife into his hand and throws it back down till it hits the bitter and twisted sign right on the eye dot. Swings back Mm. and forth. As it swings, you can see him in the background until he disappears. And we cut to him running along the rooftops, jumping from rooftop to rooftop on his way over to where he assumes... His new client resides. Okay, great. Uh, And finally, we cut to an herbalist shop 
in uh, not quite the heart of the city, but not on the dock ward either. It's in the section of the city where there's the most diversity. Uh, it's also the most run down and is generally the uh, has the least wealthy residents. Inside the tea shop is a uh, slender elf, clearly the boss, who is not in a good mood as she looks over her clients. Suddenly, the door opens, and she turns to look at who has come in. It's Elsie! <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's Elsie, just a... Uh... can I ask you a question? Yes. Are you aware of what time it is? Uh, yes or no will suffice. No. No. Well, let me enlighten <laughs> you. It is 11.36. 11.36. Oh, and now it's 11.37. What have you to say for yourself? Boy, you would not believe the traffic on Hayward Street. Wouldn't I? You... I mean, you should have seen it. It was, uh, I don't even know how many carts were in that pile up, uh, but there was fr fruit everywhere. Well, I guess I get, I'll get a great view of it on my way to the ceremony. You know, they're announcing some kind of voyage to a new world. I'm not going to miss it because you were late. When, when is that? It begins at noon. Sun high. Okay. I'm leaving. You have a chrysanthemum potion to make for this man who has been waiting for half an hour. And uh, when you finish that, there's like a letter for you or something. Don't burn the place down. I'm leaving. Okay. She, she walks angrily, brushing past you out onto the street. Okay. I'm going to go to the counter and look for the letter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a there's a letter with a uh, a blue wax royal seal. Is the the client is like standing there waiting, right? Yeah, he's there's a an old man who's uh, sitting like on a bed and just staring at you. Um, hello. Uh, what type yeah, of potion hello? was it that you needed? Uh, it was a chrysanthemum potion. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I'm I just... need that. Opening the envelope. <laughs> Are you going to make that potion? Yes. I, I'll get right to work. And I go into the back room and I take out the letter and I read it. It's very official looking. It describes that you're being invited to this ceremony I... where they're announcing the voyage of Madrigal to explore the new world. Fuck! There's also a job offer for you to be the naturalist and holy person aboard for the expedition. It stresses the importance of not being late. Uh, Seems you might have a reputation. How long How long does it take for me to make the potion? Do I know how long it will take? Um, it's one that you're vaguely familiar with, and you know that to let it fully brew takes a good 20 minutes. And then it's like 22 minutes before the ceremony. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make it. Can I try to make it qu like quickly? Uh, for this, you just tell me what happens. Um, I'm going to try to make it quickly, like faster than it's supposed to be made. The old man not knowing about brewing times, just seeing how quickly he makes it make it says oh wow yep this one's uh, <laughs> uh well you know you're 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 my best client so you got the express uh recipe this time oh that's good it's like yeah it's definitely just as good uh and i, <laughs> I give him the potion uh, he grabs it from you and just chugs the whole thing. Oh, no. Wow, that... I guess it tastes better when you make it quick like that. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Oh, wow. 
uh, uh, purposefully. That's cool. Anyway, I gotta go now. Okay. Uh, Did you, you pay to, for uh, the... What? Aren't you supposed to uh, watch over your patients to see if they develop any unexpected side effects? Yeah, you know, actually, um, with the ex- with the uh, rapid uh, potion, it, it, that's actually not necessary. Oh well. So you're good to go. Have you, did you pay already? No. Okay. Um, do I know how much it's supposed to be? Nope. Uh, uh, is there like a ledger of like the the transactions or anything? Uh, there's a ledger of previous transactions, yes. How much was the previous transaction? Um, so you, you spend a couple minutes hurriedly <laughs> searching through, and eventually you find that in the past, um, your your boss, uh, Maria Tealeaf, has charged 15 silver for the chrysanthemum potion. Okay, I'm just going to say uh, as 15 silver. Okay. Yeah. He begins to feel like place... he's paid for it before and he know how much it was. He begins to place coins on the counter, one copper piece at a time. You know what? Uh, you go ahead and just uh, scout's honor. Go ahead, put those coins on the counter, and I'll check that they're there when I come back. And I go out the door. <laughs> um, and I run towards the town square. Right. Well, uh, even with you rushing the potion making, you know, filing through those receipts to fi- try to find the price, you know, has wasted precious time. And it's like 11.53 at this point. Okay. So we will now cut to <laughs> the ceremony. You see a a person of slender build, sort of androgynous and seeming vaguely east asian they have a crown of silver and copper intertwined upon their head and they stand up to the podium they're in a stage in the center of town and there are thousands of people in this crowd outside um there are traditional looking guards wearing heavy very well-polished armor and carrying halberds, but there are also guards who seem to be mages. As the crowned figure reaches this podium, uh, the figure whispers something under their breath and then begins to speak in a voice that booms three times as loud as normal. Ladies and gentlemen of Haverall, welcome. Many of you have surely heard the news. While seeking a new sea route to Fotage, Captain Ernest Donovan has, in fact, discovered a new, unexplored landmass. This new world is at the very least the size of Bayou, but it is likely to be much larger than this. Scholars theorize it could be as large as the whole of Grokvale. The resources and riches we could find in this new world could make Haverhill one of the wealthiest kingdoms on the continent. To secure this future, we are leading an expedition before the other kingdoms can send their ships. Captain Madrigal will lead a navy platoon, joined by researchers and specialists. We have some very famous people we would like to announce. The expedition's cartographer and archaeologist, Alec Stonespeaker. Uh, he's uh, dressed in, I would say, a much more formal attire than usual. Uh, yeah. uh, not quite. It looks velvety, but it's not velvet. I don't know what the fabric would be in this kingdom. Uh, mm. It's a, sort of a, a darkish purple, but sort of has a shimmery blue effect to it, and he looks quite formal. Uh, he himself then casts thaumaturgy. He whispers something under his breath, uh, <laughs> and his voice becomes very loud. 
It says, thank you. It is, uh, it has been quite an honor to be selected. I didn't know, uh, that many, I was that well known for making maps and, uh, my, uh, uh, he stutters over his words as he starts to get nervous. <laughs> uh, I'm that good at them. I, I mean, I knew I was good, but I didn't know I was that good. So I, I it's a, it's a great honor. Uh, thank you. And, and he bows. Uh, and, and what does Aelig look like? Yes. So he it, he's a dwarf. He stands around five feet tall. Uh, he has a very thick hair. Uh, he's sort of a, and unlike most dwarves, he's actually only has a goatee. But in turn, he has a very long mustache that is then drooping down and braided with several steel beads at his chin line. Uh, Lord Calder then says, we would also like to announce the Expedition Scholar of Science and the Arcane, Dr. Alastair Belmore. The Expedition Linguist and Cultural Expert, Percival Davenport. And there is a, uh, a halfling. Very uh, well-mannered looking. You know, he has a, a bow tie. And his hair is a little bit graying, but he has a, a fine-looking mustache. Uh, Lord Calder continues, The expedition naturalist and holy person, Elsie Wayward. And a silence falls over the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Calder appears to be looking for somebody and not finding them. Elsie Wayward. <laughs> you did send the letter, right? I thought I did. I mean, I wrote down specifically not to be late. I suppose we'll move on for now. And just then, Elsie Wayward runs in. <laughs> Wait! Gasping for breath. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hey, <laughs> I'm here. What does she look like? Uh, well, she's a halfling with uh, nice, wavy, light uh, brown hair and green eyes. And she just has like a scattering of freckles uh, on her nose and, and across her cheeks. Uh, she's dressed in a, in a sort of baggy green tunic. With a uh, uh, a tattered uh, purple traveling cloak, and she's got a, a staff made out of a tree branch with a, a green gemstone at the top. Lord Calder says, "Very well." And now we present the intrepid Captain Magical and first mate, and uh, he uh, does a exuberant gesture uh, to which the audience sees four figures walking up onto the stage. One of them is Captain Magical. One of them is the first mate, a uh, half-orc with the sides of his hair shaved. And the other two figures are clearly bodyguards, but they do not look like typical members of the Royal Navy nor any other sort of official royal guards yeah you see the stranger standing next to the first mate arms behind his back he stands at roughly six foot tall and a very slender athletic build very slim he is dressed in a long black military coat with a high fold over collar and uh, wide lapel he has a hood pulled over his head and beneath the coat is a gambeson, black as well, with silver embroidery, no, sorry, purple embroidery going throughout that looks like tendrils of, like, maybe magic or some kind. Uh, across his chest is a bandolier of various pouches and what looks like a couple of uh, darts put into little loops. At his waist, are even more pouches and other containers. One seems to hold a series of throwing knives. The other one seems to have this like loop 
and there's two chakrams attached to it. And for those who don't know, chakrams are like large, sort of large. They're like frisbees, but very sharp on the outside. And they're, uh, it's like hollow in the middle. So it's a hollow frisbee, but very sharp. At his front looks to be a holster with some kind of firearm sort of tucked in. Uh, there's also a handle also at his side. Looks to be the handle of the sword, but there's no blade to it. Black pants with purple stripes that go down the side of it, and then combat boots that go, black combat boots that go up to the halfway of his calf. And his head and neck are completely covered in these cloth bandage wrappings that completely hide the skin. And on his face is a mask, gunmetal gray and smooth. It's almost got a like porcelain mask kind of look to it, but the eyes are completely circular and reflective glass. And if you look close enough, you'll see filigree of what looks like a depiction of a tragedy mask. Uh, so, Frankie, uh, what does the bodyguard of Captain Magical look like? So, I am Bast. Uh, I stand at about 5'10", uh, and I am a human. Um, she has very, like, olive brown skin, and long, like, dark, wavy hair that goes down to, like, I don't know, like, the middle of her back. Mm. Um, and she also has very, like, cat-like eyes. Um, right now she's wearing her normal armor, which is um, a full plate, or full plate, half plate, gold thing with <laughs> two eagles on each side so that the wings cross on across her chest and across her back and she is also wearing um several pieces of jewelry and the color theme seems to be red blue and gold hmm. she also has a belt and around the belt is a let me find it a black and gold kopesh with inscriptions on it that look like hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. And also around her belt is, looped into her belt is a mask. And it's the mask of a cat's face. But it has no eye holes. It just looks like a decorative mask. All right. And she's also wearing somewhat nicer clothes than she normally would. Mm -hmm. I know I said that she's wearing her armor, but like her pants look brand new. Her boots look brand new. Right. Her undershirt looks brand new. She wanted to definitely look nice for this occasion. Great. These three look very distinctive, but most of the crowd focuses on Captain Magical. Uh, Captain Magical is a tall person with red hair, a very stylish tricorn. They've got pretty typical, you know, sort of pirate captain-looking attire, tall boots, loose trousers, long coat. Uh, but what catches everybody's attention, especially once Captain Magical takes her hat off, is that Captain Magical is a woman. In fact, people in the audience start to yell. They start to yell things like, that's a woman. Don't you have any men to captain this voyage? Other things that are not very polite, especially towards people of the feminine sex. It looks like there's sort of a riot starting in the crowd. People are so unused to seeing a woman captain. Uh, what do you do? Does it look like the anybody's approaching? Um, not yet, but I, I mean... Things are starting to heat up. You don't know if this will calm down or turn into a full-scale riot. I'll take a step forward. I think Bast definitely has her hand on the, on her hilt, like, ready to protect Same. I have Magical. Hand, my hand on the handle of my pistol, and I, I look to Lord Calder, and I'll say, 
Would you like me to silence the crowd? Before you get a chance, uh, Gibby snaps it. I mean, uh, uh, Alig snaps his fingers and a purple vortex and a flash and then Gibby just like plops out on the stage. Fucking dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Josh, roll an intimidation check with advantage. All right. This could go horribly. Yep. Absolutely horribly. I'm basically just clutching my staff going, oh shit. Man. Again. You know, you can just push the, the oh my god. (laughs) You can push the advantage button. Both times. Holy crap. Um, And just before we get into what happens with the dragon, what does, what, what is Lord Calder's reaction? Right. Lord Calder, they just have a steely gaze there's no emotion uh so with a 14 people are definitely intimidated of this dragon uh i don't think that they are going to attack it uh i think maybe some people get the sense based on the size and the way you sort of summoned it that it's sort of a a pet it's not just like a wild dragon coming to attack uh, but it's definitely enough of a thing that a, a significant portion of the crowd near where the dragon showed up has uh, began to focus on that instead of Captain Madrigal. So back to the question that I posed to Lord Calder. Uh, what was your question again? <clears throat> <laughs> Would you like me to silence the crowd? If you believe you can, then yes. I will pull my pepper box from its holster aim it towards the sky and fire three times into the air uh roll an intimidation check with advantage okay as well let's see how this goes because i also do not have great intimidation oh well i have a plus one not bad that helps it when you have advantage Wow. Holy oh my god. Shit. 16 Bro. twice? Bruh. That's the, a 14 twice. The first twice two rolls of this campaign twice. have been with advantage, and they've both been two of the same number. That's uh, a 17. Yeah, a 17 is pretty good. So uh, that gets a, a even larger portion of the crowd to settle down. Uh, but it seems that the, the people in the back further away are getting mad about the people in front just seeming to let this go. So the people in the back are getting even angrier, and they are beginning to actually fight and push through the audience nearer to the stage. Lord Golder, perhaps we should cut the announcement short. Do I see... Can I see who are the people who are, like, um, uh, pushing forward? Yeah, it's just mostly the audience further back from... away from the stage. They're beginning to, you know, throw elbows and really push and fight their way through to get up to the front of the crowd. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast sleep on them. Okay. <laughs> uh, you just rolled 5d8, right? Yes. I don't know if this will work. I guess we'll find out. Uh, 20 points worth? 20. Um... Does it's not that much. Does sleep require a save as well, or do you just get to roll and then it happens? No, it just it just happens automatically. I think, yeah, I think you just Great, have yeah. to roll above somebody's hit points. Uh, a twenty is enough that a particularly rowdy member of the crowd just falls asleep. One person. Mm-hmm. Okay. NPC, even NPCs in my world have at least as many hit points as their constitution score plus Should some sleep kind of die be more points then not necessarily okay we'll see, we'll see if i ever cast that again <laughs> it worked it put somebody to sleep i don't know what i mean yeah on. it's designed i think to ca- to put like a bunch of people to sleep though uh perhaps uh i'll i'll definitely say it scales better for every spell slot that you inc- that you upcast it with get an extra 5d8 okay bast would you like to do any crowd control attempts i think i'm gonna lean over to captain magical and quietly suggest that we leave leave now when 
We're having so much fun. For your safety, feel it is necessary that we perhaps go to a safer location. I second this decision. Uh, I thought the whole point of you guys was so that I could be here and be safe, right? <sighs> if it is your choice to remain, then we will remain. Yeah. <laughs> I would advise against it, but that is my own opinion. Okay. Agreed. I have my pepper box sort of aimed at the ground, but still sort of at the ready. I think uh, so a particularly angry crowd member gets to the front of the crowd, and you see them do a, uh, a gesture with their hands through the air. And I as they start, and as it continues... I cast telekinetic movement on him. Uh, so, yeah, how does that work? Let me make sure that he doesn't have to make a save or anything. If you can see the target and it is within 30 feet of you, you can move it up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see. Okay. I don't. It doesn't say anything else. 30 right. feet up in the air. I was uh, going to do that. You expend a resource to do it, right? I think so. You expend you one move. of your... Uh, uh, one of your dice. Once you take this action, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest unless you expend a psionic energy die. So I can do it once okay. for free. Okay. So I just reach my hand out and grab him and then lift him up about 30 feet in the air. Uh, that seems pretty dangerous. Maybe you just want to push it. I, I feel like if you push him back, you'll interrupt his spell. Okay. I was going to be dramatic about it, but let... Oh, well, yeah, and then let you. him go from 30 feet. Suffer fall damage onto the stage. Snap's neck. He, he could die from that. That's true. I'd prefer... Well, isn't that the point of a bodyguard to keep her safe? Yeah, isn't that the point? To kill people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so past the crowd, I can move him 30 feet to an unoccupied space. Is there, like, some kind of stand, like a produce stand or something, that I can just pick him up and throw him into? Yeah, there's somebody selling cabbages. Cabbage? Cabbage. Perfect! My cabbages! My cabbages! <laughs> so, yeah, this guy, his spell gets interrupted yeah. as you pick him up and throw him into somebody's cart of cabbages, who then exclaims uh, in a voice that everybody can, can hear, My cabbages! And I raise my pepper box, and I shout to the crowd, The next one to make a move will not get up! Uh, roll... An intimidation check with advantage. All right. And after the stranger says that, I pull my kopesh. Nice. And with this, Alig gets a good gets a good sight of that kopesh, and he raises his eyebrow <laughs> as many yeah. many years ago, or at least it seems to him, he was searching through a ruins. To him, it probably seems like just yesterday. Yes, over in Batavon, near very near the headquarters of the river that ran through it. That he found a black kopesh with the bronze blade beginning to shine through of the coating, and a very distinct gold stripe running down the, uh, God, what's it called on the blade? In the uh, gold line with the hieroglyphics, and he goes, hmm, I did have one of those. It went missing. Yeah, if you want, you can roll an investigation check. Um, as the stranger brandishes his pep box at the crowd again, they pretty much, and uh, audience, he got a 16 on this roll. Uh, they begin to settle down. Uh, with a 14. Alig, as you're eyeing the kopish that Bast drew, it's definitely familiar. But you, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's like, because you're looking at it from a bit of a distance, but like, as soon as Bast draws this sword, you're like, I've seen that. That looks familiar. I feel like I've seen that sword before. Yeah, deja vu. So w with the crowd beginning to settle down, uh, Lord Calder addresses them again. He says, it seems as though some of you are rather upset with the fact that the captain to lead this voyage is a woman. To me, this is upsetting, disappointing. I expected better from you, although I did expect this. And a couple of people yell, yell things like, fuck you. And uh, some of the guards pull out some heavy crossbows and gesture them. <laughs> you go to Gulag. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that many of you feel that a man is more well-suited to captain this expedition. And if that's truly what you believe, I will not convince you otherwise. But at least give Captain Madrigal a chance to convince you otherwise. Do not judge her on the fact that she is a woman. Judge her based on her results. That is all I ask of you. Anyway, 
It seems this ceremony is getting a bit long in the tooth, so I bid you all a good day and say to all of you, except those on stage, that you are dismissed and you may go back about your regular business. Yeah, some people yell a bit more and people point crossbows at, at them. And, uh, you know, slowly they begin to disperse. I still have my pepper box just at the ready. Just ready and named. But when I feel that things have fully settled and there's no real danger, I will open up my pepper box and it cracks open like a revolver. Take a speed loader, reload it, twist, put it back in its holster. What is that thing? It is silence. I don't I know. It was behind. pretty loud. I go back behind <laughs> uh, the first mate, and I just have my arms folded behind me. I look at Alig, and I just give him a nod. Been a while, eh? Not very long, eh. but still, it is good to see you again. You can see the same. What the hell? <laughs> and I just stand back straight, looking out ahead. A-Lig. And who might you be? I, I scurry over. Elsie, do I know you? Um, well, no, I don't think so. I know who you are, though. Really? I must be that fucking famous. Hmm, interesting. Well... Fucking famous. You probably don't remember. I, I bought a map from you. Can I roll it in and uh, a check to see if I remember? Uh, that would probably be investigation as well. All right. Mm -hmm. Alig bites his lip, rolls his eyes to the left palace. as if he's searching his mind. Mind palace. Oof. Nope. <laughs> you're looking at this this halfling woman, folks. and you're like, "Nah, it's not ringing Nothing. a bell." Like, <laughs> I've made a lot of maps. <laughs> I've made a lot of maps, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember. I can't remember you. But was it yeah, good? Did you enjoy it? What accent I was doing? What? Nothing. That's okay. Um, who is that guy? Uh, he he stumbles over his words. Uh, the stranger. <laughs> That's what he's called? Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. That's all I know about him. And he's pretty good with arcane and history. He's helped me on a couple of my digs that I've done. He's helped you on digs? Like archaeology digs? Hey, the most recent one we did was in the Berene Mountains in Corthoro. Uh, uh, Mages College, old couple hundred years old in an old village that had been completely forgotten about. Uh, we excavated it. It was fucking obliterated. Yet, the college was completely intact, but still quite abandoned. Huh. Why is he so weird? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you so short? Why are you late? Well, you didn't see that. I most certainly did see it. Up. We all did. The entire town did. Well, my teeny tiny legs couldn't get over that fucking pile up. Pile up? I didn't see no pile up. Oh, wait, because I was early. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, good one. <laughs> I turn. If you pat you on the back, oh. Oh, no worries. I'm just pulling. I'm just messing with you. Well, you better start being nice to me if we're going to be on a boat together hey uh lord calder begins to approach you guys and then when he well says the boat other specialist uh has. his eyebrows raise again and he looks back over the kopesh <clears throat> as both those incidents is a boat and the kopesh ring a bell ah a boat hmm. ah. <laughs> i remember <laughs> boats <laughs> at this point obviously bass has sheathed her kopesh and like joined kind of walked over and joined the group yeah but she's very, like, she's very quiet. Right. Yeah. She's not saying a whole lot, uh, well, obviously. Well, Lord Calder appro uh, addresses the four of you, as well as the, uh, the other couple of specialists that were announced. And he says, um, well, that could have gone a bit better, but I appreciate your assist uh, Excuse me. I appreciate your assistance in uh, keeping the crowd under control. 
they, they can get a bit rowdy. I just wanted to tell you that the expedition will set off tomorrow, one hour before dawn. Do not be late. The stranger just looks at yeah. Stranger <laughs> Everybody just looks at Elsie. We all look at Elsie. <laughs> just the reflective eyes burning holes into Elsie. <laughs> Not naming names, Elsie, but don't be late. What? Sorry, what happened? You are free to do as you will until then. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning to send you on your way. And he turns and begins to leave. Are we supposed to... What are we supposed to bring? Just whatever you think you will need. Basic rations and other essential supplies like that will be on the ship, but if there's anything, any personal effects or things that you require to fulfill your specialized task, you will want to bring those yourself. So uh, get those together this evening, not tomorrow morning. Elsie. You got it. All right, and they turn to leave again. But then they turn back on their heel, and they, you know, they, uh, they point their eyes at their eyes, and then back at Elsie. They, they point their eyes at their eyes? They point their fingers at their eyes? <laughs> at Elsie. Welcome to the English language where pronouns of they are difficult <laughs> to convey in a sentence. <laughs> and then they slowly begin to back away. But just like maintaining eye contact with Elsie. <laughs> I just slowly thumbs up. Um, I think to close out this episode, maybe we get a quick scene of what everybody does the night before the expedition. Uh, and we can just go in the same order that the intros were in. So uh, we'll start with Aelig. What does Aelig do the night before the expedition? I would say he already brought his stuff down. Makes sense. But yeah. From uh, Mankes, far up north. Uh, so he's staying at a tavern. What's your list of taverns again? Oh, you could do the Bitter and Twisted. Right. That's the one I'm staying at. Alright, uh, he's staying at the Bitter and Twisted right now. And Perfect. Currently, he is sitting down by the hearth having a beer to drink. Is uh, Gibby summoned or not? No, he's not. Very well. So, we see Alig. But he does order some food for Gibby. Ah, yes. (laughs) Gibby's head just sort of peeks out through a portal to, like, snatch up the food. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. And, like, nobody sees it except for one person who's just like... Huh? What? What the fuck? Just... Hey, keep your eyes to yourself, lot. Goes back. Just fades back. (laughs) And to Uh... all the, uh listeners gibby is sort of looks like a smaller wingless version of toothless from how to train your dragon i saw the photo of it and i had to stifle a laugh because it took me by surprise <laughs> when i looked up into fantasy grounds and saw his po- portrait it's like oh. <laughs> yeah yeah although one thing if you don't mind me saying that is unique about gibby is the scales yes the the scales are not any sort of matte color they appear to have a gem-like quality, and they they look dark and smoky, but whenever they catch the light, there is a brilliant kaleidoscope of a rainbow of colors. Each scale is like a black opal. Whoa. But not entirely. So the scales are, the majority of the scales are still black, but there's streaks and veining of, if you will, of the mm. opalescent quality through them. Yes. So perhaps a bit darker than uh, black opal would t- typically be. Yes. A bit less reflective. But there's definitely still that quality. Uh, okay, great. Um, what, Frankie, what does Bast do the night before the expedition? So. Where is Captain Madrigal staying? Um, Captain Madrigal is staying at the Iron Nail, a favorite spot of sailors. Uh, I think I go back to the Iron Nail with Captain Madrigal, and we spend the night kind of just planning and 
having a discussion. Maybe we're talking about what we think about the crew so far. Yeah. Uh, as you're talking with Captain Madrigal, you do see some people uh, giving dirty looks over to Captain Madrigal and speaking in a low voice. And uh, eventually some of them, a group of about three or so, begin to walk over looking like they've had enough drinks in them that they're looking to start some shit. What do you do? I was kind of picturing that we were talking privately, like in a room. Uh, then I'll say they they come up to the two of you as soon as you come into the tavern. <laughs> uh, so so three three drunk disgruntled. Okay. Uh, I don't know what how how are they trying to start shit. They're like trying to pick a fight with Captain Magical. How are they doing this? Uh, aggressive words, aggressive body language, putting their fists up, spitting on the ground at our boots. Uh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pull my Kopesh. All right. And maybe say something along the lines of, I think it would be in your best interest to stop. Uh, and I think for the purposes of this scene, uh, that gets them to, uh, you know, walk away with their tails between their legs. Uh, all the more embarrassed for the fact that Bast is a woman as well. Noise. All right. Uh, what does the stranger do on the evening before <clears throat> the voyage? The stranger has a quick discussion with the first mate. Mm-hmm. Uh basically asks where they will be meeting tomorrow and uh, particularly asks if, if there's anything that the first mate would like the stranger to carry or to have uh, for protection purposes. Um, the first mate says he has uh, a heavy bag of... Uh, he, he calls them uh, tools. Tools? Uh, and he stresses that it's very important that nobody can see what's inside this bag. I can hide those away for you. Ah, thank you so much. I just couldn't bear to think that, uh, you know, they're very important um, family heirloom, and uh, I really like to keep it private. I understand. Give me the bag, and I will take care of it. All right, yeah, he entrusts with you the bag for overnight. Bag of tools? Yeah, do you look at what's inside? Nope. How outstanding of you. I'm a professional. Uh, so he, the stranger turns away, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if the first mate is looking at him, but if he was, what he would see is the stranger take the bag tilt his head back and then raise the bag up over his head and then slowly his back is turned slowly mm -hmm. it lowers pretty much into him and disappears he turns back around and the bag is gone yeah and it's a great thing that the first mate didn't see that because mm -hmm. <laughs> think he'd be horrified what the fuck uh, all right. So, Elsie, what do you do on the evening before the expedition? Uh, I scamper back to the uh, to the herbalist shop after it's closed, and I I use my key to get inside, and I go and I get uh, into the flowers, and I begin to weave several flower crowns. Okay. Uh, one is with, uh, purple flowers, one is with, uh, yellow flowers, and one is with black flowers, and then there's a, there's one half the size with, uh, uh, pink flowers. I see. Uh, this is in the herbalist shop? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are relieved to see 150 copper pieces uh, laid out on the canvas still. Uh, I will put the 
uh, coins into the <laughs> into the cash cash register or whatever. There's like a safe. Into the safe. Yeah. Um, I I was wondering if I could make like any uh medicine or uh or any type of like ointment or anything that might be useful on the journey um yeah i'll say that you have a uh i believe healer's kit is gear that exists in D. uh yeah yeah you gather together some herbs and some pre-mixed potions that are able to serve as a healer's kit uh it has 10 uses you can as an action expend a use and make a medicine check uh, and return a creature can to I, if one it's a, if hit it's point. A, actually, I could do that anyway. So, well, I'll, no, so I'm, with the healer's kit, they go yeah. to one hit point instead of oh, they go to one. Points. Okay. Yeah. So can I make like a one that use that's based on nature? If it's like a herbal kit. Ah, uh, yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah, it's an herbal healer's kit. So it, yeah, it can yeah. use nature. Okay. Uh, I will make one of those. Uh, you can also expend uh, two uses of it to restore 1d4 hit points to a creature. Nice. Okay. And you should write down that you have that. Okay. Yeah, so I basically... I don't get my s- stuff ready for the trip, and instead I do that. That sounds about right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of New World, presented by Vitamin Dice. Once again, that's V-Y-T-A-M-I-N, Dice. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it. Look out for our social media presence so you can follow this campaign. If you enjoyed the show, want to support us, and are excited for bonus content, then you should become a patron on our Patreon. Just look for Vitamin Dice. And remember, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend a regular dose of vitamin D, and the D stands for dice.